Yeah, am I, am I allowed to curse or should I keep it PG? I don't know. You've been winning Best Sportsman. You tell me. <laughs> All right. I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll cut a little loose. I'll cut a little loose. Sure. Right. <laughs> we got we to gotta ruin that, that, that sportsmanship. Everyone, everyone looks at you as the, uh, the sportsmanship king, you know? This is good. This is good. I'm going for worst sportsman at the LVO, so that should, mm-hmm. be, okay, that should okay. be fun. Become a pariah <laughs> in the community. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> hey, we already have a couple of those. <laughs> oh no <laughs> i don't know if aiden could do anything to get there um so today on the podcast we have aiden uh aiden do you want to say your last name or is it yeah, secret I'll, no i'll say my last name it's it's mcgath although most people will probably pronounce it mcgeath and either way that's fine i'm pretty sure that we've always pronounced it mcgeath but mcgath mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. it McGath, S- gotcha. similar to to rob Rob McLeod. We uh, said his name for a long time wrong. How are you saying it? Um, I can't even remember because I've tried to change my brain. <laughs> also, Jonathan Marquis, Marquis instead yes. of Jonathan Marquis. And then also my wife, I called her uh, Saya for the first year that I knew her instead of Saya. So <laughs> if I say your name wrong and I meet you in real life, I'm sorry. It's 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 normal. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, today we have Aiden on and on podcast. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of kind of like, you know, recently, like two weeks ago, we did kind of like all the controversial tournament subjects. Um, last week we did the how to, and this week probably the most important bit is. Sportsmanship. Yep. And we've been extremely impressed with Aiden and how he's conducted himself at all of our events. In fact, every single event that Aiden has ever been to, he's won best sportsmanship. And that's not just at my events. <laughs> you won everything you've won at um down in uh San Diego, both events uh with Cam being TO, correct? Uh I, the second event, uh, one of my opponents actually won, uh, oh. sportsman. So I got to give, I got to give him a shout out. I'm terrible with names. So I have to keep all of my like score trackers to remember all of my opponents. Uh, but it was, uh, Dylan who won. Mm. All yeah. right. Yeah. He was playing vet guard. He played it quite well. Yeah. So you're, you're nearly undefeated. 90% <laughs> still Almost. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was playing the Pokemon United game, I had a 97% win rate for Charizard. And I was too good at it, and so I had to quit. Um, It was too easy. (laughs) Are you telling him to quit sportsmanship? No. um, (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Um, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You do. You do. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, I believe everyone on the podcast has won sportsmanship here at one point or another. Um, I think I won it at KTO. I don't remember if I won BAO or not. Um, and I, I don't get to compete very much. So I think those are the only two that I've won. And those were both this year. Very nice. G, yeah. did you win any best sportsmanship recently? Hell you don't no, also I'm get an to asshole. Complete. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot that G is a giant asshole. Um, Aiden, you won. Uh, I believe it was. You didn't win SummerSlam. You won the the Addies tournament before that. Then you won AVTT. Yes. Then you won SoCal Open. Correct. Wow. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's back to huge. back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So um, today we're going to go over. Um, not only like how you've gotten to win sportsmanship, how I've gotten to win sportsmanship, tools and strategies that we use as interpersonal communication, things that we think about before the game, but also like if you, if you've ever had to, um, deal with any, uh, opponents that were difficult and how you dealt with them, uh, same thing with UG and myself, uh, kind of give those tactics. Cause you know, here's the thing, right? We play kill team. We play in a game that everyone is human. Some days people have bad days. Some days people don't. Some people are, you know, innately dickheads and that's okay. Right? Like we're all human beings. So it's kind of like learning how to deal with people, um, in a positive way without it letting, letting it affect you. Um, so that both players can try to play to the maximum enjoyment that they can. So, um, that's kind of the, the, the subject for today's podcast. If you guys hate sportsmanship, then go ahead and turn it off now. Cause that's all you're going to hear <laughs> is great stuff here from on out, you know? All right. Um, so I'd like to start off with saying that like one of the things that we do at squad games is that as a tournament organizer, anyone that wins sportsmanship at our events we typically say like, Hey, you get to come to our next event for free or in the all Valley team tournament case. If you win a, an event, uh, that event, you also get to come next year, um, for free because you are the, the players that we want to keep around. And I think that not enough is given to, uh, best sportsmanship players out there. So, um, Aiden, my man, that's um, me. Yeah, you you do a lot of a lot of pre-planning for these uh um or at least I think you do according <laughs> to some of the stuff I've seen you do at the table. Um is there anything that you do specifically to help you um make sure that you and your opponent have a good time? Yeah, um I think uh one of one of the main things that I've kind of learned that I always appreciate from my opponents. I'm not the most, uh, we'll say, competitively viable player. So I appreciate when uh, I'm going against an opponent who's maybe playing a team I've never played against before. Uh, and they kind of let me know right at the start if they have, like, what kind of gotchas they have in their army or in their, like, kill team list. Or if you're playing a different game, whether it's like a card game, some, like, card they may have. Um and it's nice to get let those known at the uh, have those be known at the beginning, um, so that way if I get caught by one of them, I know it's on me instead of on my opponent. Um, so I usually try to let my uh, opponent know anything that maybe might catch them off guard, any rules that kind of break the rules of the game, because I feel like there's a decent amount of those in Kill Team, um, where we're in something we'll just like not work super intuitively and it takes like a time or two to explain it. So I usually try to let them know that before, uh, before the game as well. 
Um, and I usually, I usually try to come to a tournament and give a little gift to each opponent. Uh, cause everyone likes to get a good gift. Mm-hmm. Um, at the AVTT, my, uh, my teammates and I all dressed up as pirates, uh, cause we were playing the, we we're all playing red Corsairs for the tournament. So we give everyone little doubloons to use as, I don't know, like an objective marker <laughs> or they're the right size. You could feasibly put them in like a, a vending machine and use them, uh, as a quarter <laughs> if you wanted to. So they might be worth something there. Uh, <laughs> 25 cents. I don't, there we go. Couldn't tell you if anyone's tried to do that yet. Uh, and then for the the SoCal Open, uh, I was playing my Hand of the Archon team, and they have like desert theme bases. So I had a bunch of extra like 3D printed cactuses and bits and stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not going to ever use these again. So uh, I painted them up, but I put them on little bases and handed them all out to my opponents to use as like an objective marker or as like a base tracker or something like that. Because uh, everyone likes getting a little gift. Um, and it's a way to like commemorate, I think, having a really fun game against someone. Because that's, I think, the main reason. I, I don't know if it's the main reason everyone goes to an event, but I go to events, especially the ones you guys run, because they're a ton of fun and because I get to meet and play against a bunch of new people, um, which is fun because I usually play against the same like two or three friends. Uh, and while I love those guys, it, it does get a little samey. Um, so it's great to play against new people. Yeah, they're all great sportsmen as well. Shout out to them. What are their names from the AVTT? Yeah, we'll give them a shout out. Uh, we're we're all at least planning on coming to the Las Vegas Open. Um, so nice. Elijah uh, is one of them. I've I've known Elijah for forever, uh, at least Elijah. like ten years now. Uh, Connor played mm-hmm. uh, in the AVGT, and then he also came to SoCal Open. So uh, speaking of Connor, he actually almost um, took it away from you at the SoCal Open. Yeah, we had a little fight about that in the car on the way back. Uh, Scandalous! He, he said he was going to take. Yeah, he said he was going to take it from me, but not this oh. time. <laughs> not this time. I think one of my favorite things that I saw at the ABTT was you guys didn't actually have a team captain, and uh, you guys decided as a team that whoever scored the highest uh, in that in each particular round was the captain for the next round because you guys were all pirates. Yes. Um, it was so much fun to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, our opponents got like strangely invested in which one of us was going to score the most points. And I will be frank, we did not win very many games. Uh, so we, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I, is also a good way to get people to like you, I guess, is not yep. by winning very many games. Uh, but we got very into which one of us between the three of us would score the most points. And then whoever was previously the captain got demoted down to cabin boy and they had to, you know, fetch all the drinks and get all the snacks and get the lunches out of the car and pack (laughs) things up, stuff like that for the round. Yeah. I think I was cabin boy overnight, uh, in between (laughs) (laughs) the two events. So for sure spent the most time. Uh, so yeah, dinner, the captain, dinner was on you, essentially. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, <laughs> the captain got to um, uh, like do all of our roles to decide uh, like our matchups and stuff too, um, which was fun. It was fun to be like, "Oh, great! It's me this time. I get to decide." Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. There it was fun. G was sick for AVTT, so he didn't get to see you guys in your glorious. I did not. Your <laughs> yeah. glorious, um, you know. Um, pirateness, pirateness. Yeah, Connor and I, we did break character, uh, but Elijah fully did not break character for two days straight, and not he once. was destroyed by the end of it. His you voice know, was obliterated. He uh, he even got me to play along a couple times. You know, <laughs> I'd walk up and 
talk like a pirate to him and he'd be like i'd be like all right matey what is he doing there you know and he's like he's like oh uh, he stabbed him in the belly you know stuff like that it was good stuff <laughs> yeah that sounds that sounds like elijah yeah for sure so um it's funny that you say that you kind of make gifts for your opponents because um the two tournaments that i think i have won best sportsmanship at i also did the same um, I did not win it at Nova and we will talk about that. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, KTO, um, you know, I never played into the dark before. I didn't think I'd do very well. Uh, I think I ended up placing like in the thirties, um, after I got spanked by both the Garrett brothers, um, Brutal. two children. Yeah. They beat the shit out of me. It was good times. <laughs> I've been um, there. I've been there myself. <laughs> yes. So, um, but yeah, so like uh, when I when I went there, I made everyone a a KTO a three inch measurement gauge, and then oh. at uh, at BAO, I made a I, I did the the same thing, and then at Nova, I did the same thing. Um, I did not end up uh, getting best sportsman at Nova. It's probably because uh, I was actually trying to win that event, like really. I was actually trying to. I was seeing if I could get a golden ticket, see how far I could go. I feel like the more that you walk into a tournament thinking that you need to win, the the less sportsmanlike you're going to be. Now, by no means was I a poor sport, but I was a little bit more sweaty than I would say that I was at other tournaments just because, you know, I was trying. I was trying... Um, you know, all the little, all the little bits and, and things that, um, that, you know, come with winning, winning games a little bit more because, you know, when, when vet guard win games, they don't typically win games, like just by this hair on the chinny chin chin, right? They usually like, if you win a game, it's more than likely you blew the other person out of the water. Uh, if you lose, you lose out of the water. And if you're close, you know, it's probably more close. But uh, with me winning four games on day one and then going on from there, um, day two, I definitely came in with a lot of sweat. I, lo- I lost the first game uh, to Nick, but um, that kind of took a lot of pressure off me because I realized I wasn't going to win anymore. So. Um, but um, there was a couple more... Sometimes socially different games that you have when you mm. run into playing at uh, at those, not only those levels, but against those players. Now, did you, uh, have you ran into any games? We don't have to name names, uh, but any games that were particularly more socially awkward or difficult for you to deal with? And how did you overcome those? Yeah, uh, I've, I've definitely run into that before. Uh, Prior to playing Kill Team, I've played a few other war games. Uh, and when I was in high school, uh, I played a lot of War Machine. I think it was mm-hmm. Mark, Mark II. Um, and not to be rude, but War Machine was kind of a sweaty game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a, I don't, I'd, I'd like to think I'm not a particularly sweaty guy. Um, but the, the game itself kind of called for it. Like that was just in, in the rules of engagement, I guess Mm -hmm. was being, uh, being a little sweaty. Um, so I found, and I think it works for kill team as well. I think it's very important to be excited for your opponent when they 
pull off a cool play or when something goes well for them uh, because oftentimes they'll want to celebrate that um, and they'll want to feel good about it. Um, and it's, it's nice to give an opponent an opportunity to do that without making them feel like they're kind of rubbing it in your face. Absolutely. Everyone wants, everyone wants to celebrate something cool happening. Like I had uh, it, it same goes if something bad happens to me. Um, I, I enjoy when things, bad things happen to be at a game because I find them fun. Uh, but I remember, um, certainly not a, like a, a low light, but one of the highlights of the AVTT, I had two separate games where I rolled, I think, all ones on my Shrive Talons attacks in oh, Melee. And Lord. he got murdered it twice in a row. Uh, it was brutal. Uh, one of them was on the sick, like dark Eldar board uh, that you mm. guys had there. Uh, and he did a jump check, made the jump, and jumped into a uh, the, the Reavers uh, and just got skewered on the jump, immediately died, um, which was brutal. But it was one of the most fun moments I think I had in the entire tournament. Um, and I could tell like my opponent wanted to celebrate it because it was an awesome moment for him. And it's fun to give your opponent an opportunity to be like, yeah, that was sick. I did just do a sick move. I rolled really hot. You know, I've rolled whatever all of my six up uh, DPR saves and have cranked them all. You can let them celebrate it. That's awesome. You should be celebrating it with them. Absolutely. At least in my opinion. I agree. I think that that's, um, yeah. To, to, to let something like that, like, or if somebody rolls like plasma and they get like four sixes, you're like, well, instead of just saying like, Oh, he's dead. Just be like, damn bro. Nice roll. Like give a high five or damn girl. high five. <laughs> yeah. You know? Promote uh, you promote that guy afterwards. If he's just a normal guardsman, you'd be like, "Hey, maybe that guy's the leader next." Yeah, possibly. Just, yeah, be like, <laughs> bump him say, up. <laughs> yeah, say, give him a name. Give him a you name. Know? Yeah, yeah that's even better. This is now Sergeant Johnson. Exactly. Or, yeah, you know something good. Um, how about you, G? Any any um, particularly hard things that you've also dealt with before? Yeah, when I used to play Magic, um, I used to do a lot of drafts, and drafts kind of go on late at night, and so some people get pretty cranky at those levels, mm. and it's um, just trying to understand where they're coming from. Like, you know, they're not necessarily trying to be rude. Um, you know, they're tired, they probably worked all day, and now they're playing until two in the morning. So, you know, maybe not they're not always at their best behavior, so it's just kind of important to think about your opponent like where they're coming from, you know? So like, they're probably not trying to be rude or, you know, a jerk on purpose. It's happening because, um, you know, there's all sorts of factors. And so I've come to not necessarily be salty with the person, uh, just, you know, have empathy for them. Yeah. I've, I think I've been competing in war gaming off and on for the past, uh, 23 years. So I think I've ran into my, quite fair share of stuff. And also when I started, I was also not the most sportsmanlike either. Uh, winning meant more than me than my opponents having fun. Right. So like some of the things I used to do was like when somebody would like start moving a model somewhere that I didn't want them to go, I'd start smiling or laughing I'd be like, Oh, thanks bro. Nice. Good move. And then they, then they'd move them back, you know, or, you know, just playing in the mental warfare. Why, by no means is that necessarily illegal. Um, you know, when winning means more than anything, you're going to take any advantage that you can get, right? And um, when I first started playing like Warhammer, like I was undefeated for like mm -hmm. 
I was undefeated for like, I don't know, like six years. I, I drew, I tied quite a few times, but between, um, I think it was like the end of third and the beginning of sixth, I just didn't lose. Um, now it was mainly because of like the type of army I played. I played Eldar. Uh, I played like a very off meta list and stuff like that, but also like I employed a lot of things that aren't particularly super nice. Um, you know, so like there's, when I stopped playing, I stopped playing, I think in the near the end of seventh and I didn't pick it up again until like, I don't know, the end of ninth, uh, for Warhammer and for kill team. I started, I picked it up in 2020 and even in the kill team for 2020, you know, I went into win <laughs> by no means, uh, kill team 2020. Did I win or even get considered for best sportsman? There was a game that I won 24 to zero against a warp coven player. I apologize afterwards. Um, yeah, it was bad. I tabled him, uh, <laughs> the middle of turning point two, <laughs> and I apologized to him. And he, and I was like, Hey, you know, my wife plays oh. coven. I got a really good charge off and I killed like two of your models with my Halleck Banshee, you know? Um, and I said like, Hey, you know, like also your list was really sub-optimized for Eldar. And I gave him a bunch of tips and little did I knew there was a, a writer for Goonhammer. I don't I remember, remember then I got the guy's name, but, um, he was also playing warp coven and he was sitting there listening to the whole thing. We went home, came back, and it turns out I had to play that guy the next day, and I just told him how to beat me, and I, I only won that game by one. Um, but, you know, like, the thing is, is, like, um, I think when it really changed for me was starting to run events. Um, it's more important for me to have players have fun with me than for me to prove my dominance or to win right to me it's more fun to have people have fun and come to events than it is for me to win so that general mindset for me is what changed the way i typically played and i think i'm all the better for it for sure um but going back to how like hard instances um you know that i've played into especially in like warhammer or uh, other kill team games. Um, one of the things that I constantly do is I try to break the ice now over and over and over. I think it's really easy to do when you have like a team full of like named heroes, like I have in other ones, like it's a little bit easier if you have a little bit of a narrative narrative to your team and you actually like call your dudes by some names on occasion. Um, or you make jokes about the models or about the game itself or in game, and I think that uh, constantly trying to break the ice because the thing is like both players are trying to win and it's, it's difficult to break that tension, especially during certain roll offs, unless somebody's just like you know, making jokes. Right. Right. Um, so between gift giving and making a lot of jokes, mm -hmm. typically dad jokes, you know, I know, I know, I, I annoy the shit out of some people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty <laughs> polarizing person, right? Like people either love me or they hate me. And if they don't like hugs, you know, they probably hate me. Uh, cause I'm a huggy guy. Right. right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that 
when people get really hurt or salty when they win or when they lose is some of the harder things to deal with um, or when they're losing. Right. And it's hard to continually break that. Mm-hmm. And it be, and it's also gives you a lot of stress and pressure to continually to try and either cheer your opponent up or stuff like that. Have you guys ever dealt with somebody who's uh, not lost with grace? And how did you guys deal with that? Ooh, you can take this one first. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I feel like inevitably at a, a tournament, um, you're going to run into uh, an opponent who is going to enjoy losing less than you. Um, and in Kill Team... Usually. Usually. <laughs> usually. In Kill Team, I find... Uh, and maybe this is just me being dumb, but it could be kind of hard to tell... Uh, how the game is going to finish unless it's like a complete steamroll. Cause there are some dice rolls that can go really well, or an opponent might misplace a model or I might misplace a model. Um, so I find it's, if I know that I'm doing better than an opponent in a match and they're kind of sh- uh, struggling or if they're having like maybe a bad matchup, uh, I find it is fun to celebrate what, uh, like victories they do get. Like if they've been trying to take out one of my models the entire game uh, and they finally get it, it'll be a fun thing to celebrate with them. Like, oh, you finally got that guy. Like he's out of your hair. You don't have to worry about him anymore. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, for sure, I've run run into opponents that uh, don't, don't enjoy losing. And it's hard. I mean, I don't enjoy losing either, but I do it a lot. Uh, <laughs> so, Yeah. Typically, when when I'm in that situation, I think of the one example that happened um, years ago. Not for never killed him. It was more for um, 40k, and it was just a casual thing too. Just some people we were meeting and playing with. Um, when you get salty, for especially for casual stuff, like, you know, and you get upset and you're you know, you're irate, um, you try to de-escalate it first if you can, right? But uh, it's important to never continue yelling at them or something or you know try not to rub it in their face either because that's just gonna like exacerbate the problem Mm -hmm. and i I think it's okay like once they've come down to kind of tell them like hey you know man you're you know you didn't have a great game or anything but you know think about how you're acting and how it might be affecting the other people and like you know your opponents because it's it's you know where it's it's a it's a mutual game there's two people playing right it's a gentleman's game so i think what most people say about war games (laughs) It's a gentleman's game, gentleman, gentle person, whatever. And, you know, perhaps you're losing the spirit or something. And people don't always tell them that, right? So, you know, getting the courage to tell them maybe after they've kind of calmed down so that they can kind of get a moment of self-reflection is important because that's that's big. Otherwise, they're going to keep doing that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, that's That's what I find can work in my experiences. And it's hard because sometimes you don't want to you don't want to tell people like something they might be doing is hurting others. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it's 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 a difficult subject, right? Like confrontation is never easy or fun. That's why tos are there, right? Like if you're really having a bad game against someone, you know, you can go up and tell a to and be like, "Hey, I'm having a really bad time against this player. Is there any way that you can watch?" Or, you know, um. Something like that. Like, for instance, um, another thing that you can do is that uh, there's been 
you know, certain people that I don't want to play or don't want to play again because I've had experience, you know, bad, bad things with them in the past. And if I ever got teamed up with them at a tournament, I would just drop the route. Like to me, it's more important for me to maintain my, my happiness at a event rather than, you know, going for the win. Yeah. win would be great. Right. Like winning the whole thing. But in the end, at the same time, like if you know it's going to mean more to the other person to like win the game and you're going to not enjoy yourself playing that game, then just concede, you know? Um, you know, you can also ask a TO beforehand be like, Hey, I'd really prefer not to get paired up with this person. Mm-hmm. Unless if it's the final matches, um, if there's any way that you can do that. Cool. If you can't, I totally understand, but know that if I get paired up against this person, you know, I'm probably going to concede. Right. Right. Um, because there's also that aspect where like you, like there might be somebody out there that, that you don't want to play, you know? Um, and unfortunately sometimes that's ha- that happens. Like some people just don't like each other. <laughs> that's fine. We're all humans. We're allowed to feel those feelings. Um, and sometimes it's too hard when you have too much emotionally invested in order to um, stop a potential conflict and sometimes it's better to avoid it. Another thing that you can do is try to talk to them before the event, talk to somebody after the event, talk to somebody over, you know, online or discord or phone call or text. You have something really rubbed you the wrong way. Um, but least, least, uh, the least thing that you can do is tell a TO, right? If you have a poor time, you need to tell, tell a TO. And unfortunately, a lot of times tournament organizers can't do anything after the game is played. Mm-hmm. Did they see half the things happen? No. Did they did they witness anything that happens? No. Like could they see it during the event or during the match? Absolutely. And a lot of times this happened recently. Um a TO might be watching a game and they might miss context. Maybe somebody's being rude to the other player, but the TO doesn't recognize that they're being rude or the other person ha- is, is, is any sort of way feeling in any sort of way because the TO is missing the context of the, of the con of the, of the, of the conversation or the conflict that's been happening at the table. Right. Because ultimately like being a TO is difficult, right? When you walk around tables, you're getting, you're like a fly in the wall. You're watching these games, watching for people to cheat, watching people's body language. And it's really hard to spot um, poor sportsmanship unless it's something's blatantly obvious. It's also really hard to, to catch cheating unless it's something's blatantly obvious or if you've, or if you're turned on to aware to something. But um, moving on to cheating, have any of you guys played anyone who has cheated and how did you deal with it? Ooh, that is a good question. I, don't think I've played anyone in Kill Team who's cheated, at least not that I've caught. Um, but I, for sure, at least once or twice, uh, a while ago when I played War Machine, um, it was a little easier uh, to cheat because you had to put down, I don't know if either of you have ever played War Machine, but you have little uh, tokens you have to put down that represent how much, like, power you're putting out into your like big robots or your big like monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very easy to, uh, put down either too many or too little of those. Uh, 
to then be able to like maximize things a bit more. Um, cause if, uh, for half of the game, at least back when I played, if you had too much, uh, of one like resource on some of your big monsters, they could go nuts. Mm. So it was very easy for someone to, uh, put down three of these little stackable tiny chips, uh, that are, you know, maybe like half an inch across instead of two, um, to kind of buff something up. Uh, so that's something that I've, I've for sure noticed, uh, back then. Um, and I tend to treat it, uh, as though I'm like asking them a question, something like, Hey, that ability used like three of those points instead of two. Uh, do you mind if I double check or do you mind if I see your card? Um, and then if it kind of escalates past that, uh, or if that way they could show me like, Oh, sorry, I made a mistake or it does actually take X amount of chips. Um, yeah. Uh, and then if it escalates past that, that's what the TO is there for. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I don't think there should be anything bad with asking for a TO, um, especially because sometimes a rule just needs clarification. And sometimes like I know I get rules wrong all the time um, and I don't intend to, uh, and I'm, I'm always like more than happy to apologize and have the TO take a look if I've done something incorrect. And I, kind of assume that of my opponent too, uh, that maybe they've just made a mistake. And if they have cheated, then they can use the opportunity to be like, no, sorry, that was a mistake. Um, Absolutely. And the game can kind of go on as usual. That's that's exactly how I conduct. If if I think there might be something like that, then, you know, it's, it's easy. It's like um, I play with a certain amount of people and I've played with a certain amount of people throughout my whole life. Sometimes they might make moves that seem a little too long. And so I'll ask like, was that the correct, movement because you know things precision is important especially when i used to play x-wing um so you know it's one of those can we check just to make sure like but not calling them out on it and most of the time the this person would put their stuff back in the right spot um and i don't think it was intentional you know i just think they're playing and just happens Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna believe that it's not intentional you know because i still play with um this group of people and one person in that group is still there and I play with them. So, you know, I, I believe, I believe they, they did it accidentally. Yeah. The, I think that like every person's cheated once or twice, whether you're in a board game, whether you stole some candy, you did something against the rules. Oh yeah, man. Right. Stole some Pokemon cards take, before take 200 on monopoly, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for so, sure. Like, you know, it's definitely happened. It's in our nature. For um, sure. I think that when it's done more maliciously or more often than not, or if somebody has like a history of it, because like sometimes if somebody moved an extra inch here and there so they could get onto an objective or so on and so forth, quite possibly. Right. Um, unfortunately it's a reality that sometimes it happens and sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's not intentional and you can never know because you're not that person. So it's always best to err on the side that it's unintentional and that you treat everyone with the same amount of respect. If you start noticing a pattern, you got to let a TO know, or you got to know for future games, if it's at your local game store and so on and so forth. Um, I've dealt with quite a few people who have cheated before. Um, and I'm usually um, pretty vocal about it, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a nice guy, 
<laughs> Sometimes. Um, most of the time, I should say. Uh, polarizing, right? So, um, but yeah, like when you notice things are happening more and more, it's, sometimes I'll say, I'll pull them aside and be like, hey man, you are consistently moving too much, right? Like this is a problem, you know, and be like, Hey, let's, 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 let's tighten it up a little bit and be like, all right, cool. He's like, you know, sometimes I do it too, but you know, like, but let's make sure that in a competitive game, you know, we're, we're both moving the same time or, um, I think slow play is another one. Um, like there's some people in the kill team community who have been labeled as slow players. And while those might not be um, particularly like cheating or somebody might, might, might not be doing an intentional, there are some people that get that complaint enough that it has to be intentional or why are they taking so long to do or make certain ideas or moves, right? So like it's also up to TOs or players to kind of know if somebody has a history about that kind of stuff, like you might be brand new, so you might not have any idea. And trust me, like that's some of the worst things. And that's why we talked about time clocks in a previous episode is because you got, you got stuff to talk about time clocks. We'll, we'll get, we'll say something. Oh, yeah. All right. He's got time. Oh, I got, yeah, I got stuff to talk about time clocks. Um, we don't, I don't think I've ever been to a kill team event that's used a time clock. Um, we did at SoCal, but it was only at top table. Oh, well, I very clearly did not make it to top table, so I didn't get to play with a time clock. Uh, but when I played War Machine, every event, uh, no matter what table, had a time clock. And I think it was an hour per side. Um, and something that I uh, kind of had to come to terms with was that other people will not be as... Uh, lenient with what they let the opponent do on their time. So some people would like click immediately over to your time clock as soon as you had to roll a dice. Um, and while, which, which is, I guess in theory, fine. Cause you're kind of rolling dice, like you're rolling saves or whatever on someone else's turn, but they click over to it um, to kind of eat away at your time. Uh, and I think it's important if you're running on a time clock to establish what things are going to be done on the uh, what person's time before the game starts. Uh, because different people have different preferences, and if the TO hasn't specified, um, then it can be good to discuss that with the other person. So that way you both know going in, if you're rolling saves, it's clicking over to the other person. And maybe, uh, Dakota, since, uh, and, and G, since you guys TO events, you can confirm, generally, if you get time-clocked in Kill Team, if you run out of time, the game still continues as normal, Correct? Yes. So there's okay. so um, Travis from the Brooklyn Rats, he has a time bank system where if you don't have enough time in your bank at the end of the game, it's very confusing. If you don't have enough time at the end of your bank, then the game concludes. And if the other person does, then like the game ends and they get minus po victory points. I'm not really sure. Um how it works in 40k and how it works in my kill team packet and all of our events is that when you run out of time, you are only allowed to make um, to score passively, roll saves, and make defensive fight actions. Mm. Um, and that's about it. Um, but yeah. And then the other person can continue until their time is done. Yes. Gotcha. And, gotcha. And 
Generally, I don't usually tell people to use time clocks except on stream, and that's only because we have to stay to a time limit. And mm-hmm. so having the like time a football clock, game, yeah, helps helps us keep you know in order. You know, we don't have overtime, so like you know, once this once this is over, I got to get the next round in. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's generally why well, I use we use the time clock on the there. And um, well, the other thing, the other thing is with time clocks is that people like time clocks scare people because there there's a time ticking down in front of them. Yeah, <laughs> the thing that you, the thing that you have to remember. Is that no matter what, even if it's in front of you or not, you're still on a clock. Right. The time is still clicking down. Yeah, you you have a set amount of time in the round anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I have had um, uh, opponents either like run out the game on me before or uh, specifically click over to me enough that I've just run out of time. Um, which, Isn't that the fr- most frustrating? It is frustrating. It's, it's, very, it's very frustrating, but I try to take that as a lesson to Same. play the game faster, um, mm-hmm. which sometimes you'll overthink overthink a move or overthink a turn, and I'll recognize, like, hey, I'm, I'm actively time-clocking myself right now. Like, I'm running out of time, and my opponent wants to take their turn as well. So I'll just try and blast forward and, and, and take the turn if I'm taking too long. Uh, just kind of take it as a learning experience. And if you're a slower player, maybe you shouldn't play Pathfinders or Vectors. Maybe you should play <laughs> that is a very fair point. Custodes or Space Marines. Intercession you know? and Legionnaires are good. Um, mm-hmm. Except maybe Phobos. You take, it might take a little more thinking. That one takes a little more like, you know, but you probably still can do it in the time. Uh, but totally I want to just make a note about time clocks. Um, in the VODs we have for the SoCal Open, there were many examples of players saying, take some of my time, you know, like we were, we were discussing that on yours, even though it was my turn. So that's, that's very sportsmanlike with the clock. Oh yeah. Going like, that's okay. You know, like I'm not going to just let you run out of time. Like I, I'm aware we're both conscious. We were using it on your turn when it wasn't your turn. And I think that's wonderful because you know, you're not trying to use the clock as a weapon. It's, Mm -hmm. it's again, it was there as a tool for me uh, being in charge of the recording so that I could be on time. And, so, mm-hmm. so Aiden, what you're saying and G, what you're saying is very similar to in our, in our rules for time clocks, it's called weaponizing the clock, right? Mm-hmm. Clicking the clock to the opponent unannounced or during a distraction. So they don't notice or taking actions in parallel with your opponent, um, on their time to perform your actions during their time or noticing an inappropriately running clock and failing to announce or take corrective action. So what they were doing is that they they noticed that it was running down on their time, and so they let the other person use some of their t- their time, right? So, like, that is the corrective action of what should happen, right? Right, and it happened every match. There was always someone <laughs> who's like, oh, man, you know, we were running it on mine. It should have been um, here, just t- or it was on running on yours, but it should have been mine, and that's awesome. That's that's mm-hmm. great. That's great mm-hmm. that people are willing to do that because, you know, you're, like you mentioned in, in War Machine, they might have been like, nah, man, that was on your time. It's your fault for not clicking it. You know, because mm-hmm. I've seen that happen too, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's that's awful. Like, I think the most feels bad part that I ran out of time is in kill team. You don't have to fight if you get charged, right? So I was down to like thirty seconds left, and uh, this Blood Angels player uh, charged me with his captain, and he fought me, and I was like, no, okay, I'm just not going to fight. And they're like, no, you have to roll, you have oh, to fight, brutal. and it was already ticking down because that's the rules of. That was the rules of ninth, right? So then I had to roll my dice and I had to make my saves. And, you know, he was, he was clicking it back to me because, you know, when you get lower, 
people start clicking it a little bit more often, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because you got to not run out of time and they're trying to make you run out of time. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should not never have been in that spot in the first place. I just played too long. Uh, it took too long on my turns. So like I took it as a learning because I was like, dang, that sucks that, you know, I was expecting to like at least be able to move to like these two spots and try to get some points. But in the end, I just had to sit there. So you know, it is what it is, but like, I also took it with grace and I, I mean, I was pissed. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> oh, it feels terrible you know? to get time clocked. It feels horrible. Yeah, it does. Um, but in the end, you know, I took it as a very, um, positive thinking, positive mm-hmm. application, right. Rather than me being like, uh, he, he, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was not trying to make excuses for my own actions. Um, but I think that that goes back into sportsmanship is that you take a lot of responsibility for your own actions, right? Because there's been more than one occasion than I, that I would say that I think that people blame their opponents or don't blame themselves or take their enough enough responsibility for their own actions in kill team. I think it's a lot easier to blame, to blame others for your, for your own mistakes. You know, it's a lot easier to blame your dice too. Like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you can, you you know, it's actively your dice, you know, you know, sometimes it is, but in the end, like if you're playing well enough, you don't have to depend on your roles. Right. So like, again, at Nova, I was playing so dang good my first day that I felt like I could have rolled all ones a couple of times. And, it, and I would have still won, you know, like there is different, there is like a play beyond dice, you know? Um, but yeah, it's funner to blame your dice or to, to blame the emperor, <laughs> you know? And, and you know what, what's, what's fun about blaming dice is like, that's a, that's a way to break tension. If you're, if, mm-hmm, if you're sure like, is. if your opponent feels, cause you know, there's, there's a, there's an opposite angle in sportsmanship when you're doing so hot. <laughs> And I think we already kind of covered this, but I want to bring it up again. When you're doing so hot and you feel bad for just playing the game strategically well, uh, you as an opponent, if you notice that, that your opponent is like, they're feeling bad for winning, you know, you can break the tension going, ah, you know what? It just, it happens sometimes, you know, like that's the way the game works. And you, you don't want them to feel bad either. Cause then you're still, you still Mm -hmm. have bad sportsmanship in a way. Well, not bad, but you know, like that, that's a good way to, to get sportsmanship, even when you're losing, you know, like it, losing gracefully is important. And that's one way to, to help. I think another clear indication of poor sportsmanship is being disrespectful to your opponent. Ooh, yeah. Right. So, um, like insecurity when I was dealing with drunk people all the time, right? Like you have to give respect to get respect, right? So a lot of times, like you try to give them as much respect as you can. Sometimes they're too far gone. Sometimes they don't care. Right. But like in this, you you could say the same thing. Like if somebody's too far upset, it doesn't matter how much respect you can give them. But like we always want to respect other people's feelings because in the end, like speaking of LVO, that's the most, uh, the the tournament that all of us can attend and can go because not everyone's allowed to go to the Warhammer, uh, the world championships of Warhammer. yeah, what, was, what was the name twister. we were supposed to call it now? It's called WCW. So it's the World Championships of Warhammer. Featuring Kill Team. So, 
it's featuring not a mainstay. Game. That is not, it's not a mainstream. You know, uh, it's shout not out to Mr. Cyrak for for uh, he said he would he would try to record it. Yeah, yeah, which is dope. Thanks, thanks, brother. So, like, um, at LVO, like you know, people are going to go there and they're going to spend you know anywhere between two hundred to probably two thousand dollars, not including gambling, not including food. But that's to like stay there. That's to play the game for three days. Bring maybe bringing family members or loved ones to you know enjoy yourself with. So like these people are paying a lot of money to be there. So make sure that you respect your opponents um, and don't disenfranchise them. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's super important to know that because uh, you've spent yeah. money to go to the tournament uh, and you don't want to feel like it's wasted. But your opponent has done the same. Um, and you don't want to in any way make them feel like they're like actively mm-hmm. wasting what for a lot of people is like a, a, a weekend away um, that can be kind of hard to get. So you don't want to make them feel like they've in any way wasted it or like burned their weekend or one of their only weekends mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta plan that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they had to travel. Some people travel like for uh, AVTT people travel from across the country. Like I only had to drive two hours, but some people f- flew across the country. So I'm like, I have to, you have to respect that these people frankly put a lot more travel in, um, and a lot more money as well. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, not enough people think about is when you go to the tournament, I've done this before. Like you thinking about yourself, you want to go, you want to win, you want to, you know, be the victor. But sometimes you got to take a step back and you got to think like these people also spent a lot of money or they, they, they spent a lot of resources to get to this spot too. Right. So to, I think that's the biggest thing about sportsmanship is that, you know, you can still play the game to a high level, but like to make sure that both players walk away, not upset is probably one of the most Mm -hmm. important things. And there's a lot of ways to get to that upset land, right? Um, You know, like I've dealt with in the past people rolling dice behind uh, walls and changing results. I've dealt with people not knowing rules and misplaying, uh, misplaying rules intentionally. Right. Um, And then if I know their rules better than them, then I can be like, actually, that's not how, the emperor's champion works. This is how the emperor's champion works. You know, you don't get six attacks. You only get four attacks. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that go on. Uh, and then like to actively try and cheat somebody is also not act is, is not, um, not good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that cheating doesn't happen in kill team. Right. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to blow smoke up anyone's ass. Um, <laughs> you know, I've seen it. I've, I've, I've seen it, I've dealt with it, and we've taken corrective action towards the players that have done it. Um, please don't make it so that uh, you're the next one that we have to actively watch or deal with um, if you're thinking about pulling some shady shit. Um, it's not a fun experience for me. It's not a fun experience for your opponents. Um, you know, especially when it's emblazoned on, you know, YouTube forevermore or other areas. Right. So like, 
poor sportsmanship includes so much stuff, right? And it includes poor behavior. It includes, um, you know, being disrespectful. It includes like misplaying rules. Now, now there's, it's, that's such a fine line between misplaying rules, uh, intentionally and just like not knowing the game enough, which is like, which is okay. It's just like, don't just make sure that you're not making the same mistakes over and over. You have to learn, right? Like when you go to a tournament, you have to know, you have to learn. It's the same thing with narrative. I think that I've encountered more people cheating in game stores than I have at a tournament. Um, because like winning meant so much, right? Um, or you hear stories about people who will do anything to win at their local game store and then they go to a big tournament and then accuse other people of cheating when they don't win because they were the big fish in their pond. You know what I mean? Like that, that has happened, you know, at a recent tournament as well. So like there are other things to keep in mind about your behavior and other people's behavior and how you deal with those. Now, I know we've talked a couple times about like how to deal with that type of behavior, but what are the other tactics or interpersonal um, communication tactics that you guys particularly use with dealing with these part? I know that we've just glanced over it, but I feel like there's more to be said. Do you guys have anything else to say about how you kind of diffuse situations? Has anyone gotten angry in your games and, and you guys were able to diffuse it in a certain way because these small things will help other people. Yeah. I had a, an instance of really good sportsmanship on uh, one of the behalf of one of my opponents um, where we got into a bit of a rules discrepancy and it was uh, with, and I got to shout him out. It was uh, Sam from bats where he was playing Felgor ravagers and I was playing hand of the archon. And uh, we got into a discussion about the like Cabalite banner equipment that the leader of the Hand of the Archon team can take, that uh, it buffs up the APL of every Hand of the Archon operative within three inches. Um, and Sam wanted to double check the rule and he wanted to take it over to you, Dakota, the TO. And uh, I thought that was an instance where it was very important to like let my opponent read through all of the rules to double check with the TO because... Um, it wasn't something he'd ever seen before. And I didn't want to be very adamant. Like this is the rule I've read the rule. Um, cause I, it was just, uh, it's important to make sure your opponent feels comfortable playing against you and that you're not being rude or trying to catch them on rules. They maybe don't know. Um, so I have, I have to give a shout out for that, uh, very good piece of sportsmanship. Oh well, yeah. That rule was really interesting because it's been ruled differently. Weird rule, right? Yeah. It's been ruled differently at different events and like mm -hmm. Nova, I think Matt did it that every single, model on every single objective within three inches got it other people are like only one model per objective and for the way i rule it is that it's all models within n of one objective marker within three inches so it doesn't apply to two in case if there was like they're within mm -hmm. six but besides the point um no i remember that one there was also like some stuff that happened at socal where like two players were having a really tense game and I could tell, right? So I had to come up and I just kept making dad joke after dad joke after dad joke <laughs> and like trying because there's, there's only so much I can do without telling people to like break up and like walk away and come back, yeah. you know? So like 
uh, and to like go relax, you know? So like I would make a couple dad jokes and eventually both players lightened up and eventually I didn't have to keep coming back to the table. Right. Um, <clears throat> but you know, that doesn't happen all the time. You know, there's been other events where, you know, I wasn't quick enough at fi- at seeing interpersonal reactions between people and some players got really upset and, or end up quitting the game, the tournament because of that. It happened to LVO. It happened to West coast championships. It's, it's happened at quite a few tournaments where players had such a poor experience that they just leave the competition. Right. And as a player, you should never get to that point. You have to let it to, you know, because we don't have crystal balls, right? Like we're there, we're around, but like, we don't know if you're having a bad time. Uh, for instance, I'll, I'll give you both a story. So when I was, here we go. Yeah. When I was doing security, there was a woman on the rooftop bar. There's a group of women. They look like they were getting, having an awful time with a few men that were approaching them and they did not seem to be having a good time whatsoever. And so like I asked one of them, I was like, Hey, are you good? You know? And she said, no. I was like, do you want me to ask the guys to move away? She said, yes. So I said, cool. So I asked the guys to leave and they did not want to leave. Um, they thought everything was fine. And, uh, I said, well, the, the women have asked you to leave, uh, or to not bother them. So I'm here to ask you to like, not do that. And, um, in the end, um, I ended up having, I gave the guys like an ultimatum. I was like, Hey guys, so you guys can either move along or, um, or like, I'm going to ask you to leave. And it got to the point where I had to ask them to leave and, uh, kicked him out. And it turned out that that guy was a, a lawyer. And then he said that I was racially discriminatory against him and sued the rooftop bar and the rooftop bar settled. And I had to apologize to him. And so I did, but in the end, um, it was my mistake for going up to somebody that seemed like they were in wanting to be in need, right? I didn't get the girl's information or anything like that. That would have cleared everything up or any of the staff seeing the altercation would have cleared everything up. Or if my body cam was fully charged, it would have cleared everything up. But the thing is, is like, I didn't have any of those tools. So it was just my word versus his word. And the, the point that I'm trying to say is that she did not come to me and ask me for help. Right. So as a TO, I'm not going to interject into a game unless if I see somebody outwardly visibly upset and pissed off and tell people to calm down uh, or forcefully interject because I would hope that people could uh, figure it out themselves. Um, And if they aren't asking for my help, then I should not interject because I think that there's a big difference from a TO's perspective on when we should be jumping in 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 getting involved in these players uh things what do you guys think about that do you think that to should be more actively jumping in or do you think that i have more of the right approach i think you have the more right approach you are there only to help them when they need it right and most of the time players can resolve it on their own 
you know, there, there's obviously, like you mentioned, there's visible times. Let's say like a group of players are getting really loud. They're starting to yell at each other. Or at okay, ABTT number one. Yeah. There, there you go. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah. You know, when, when, the, when that moment happened, yeah. that's, that is warranted. You go in there and you try to deescalate. Makes perfect sense, right? You know? But mm-hmm. in this other case, they will probably figure out how to resolve it themselves. And one of their tools is to call a TO. Right. And Mm -hmm. so what we're trying to do here, at least what I'm trying to do is to let people know it's all right to call a TO. That's what we're here for. So I think the way you handle it in that, 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 that style is a correct choice, you know, because otherwise you'd have to be policing every single dispute and there's no way you could do that. And sometimes they don't want that. They don't want the TO there, right? They want to figure it out themselves. Most things will resolve on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult uh, difficult thought. What do you think, Aiden? Uh, I think that's I think that's definitely the right approach. Uh, I think it takes two people to have an argument, um, and there's ways to de-escalate a altercation or interaction you may be having, and one of those is certainly calling the TO. But there's ways to before you even need to call a TO. Um, to kind of de-escalate a situation. I liked uh, what you said, Dakota, about making a lot of dad jokes. I find that humor can really help break up a, um, a tense situation. Uh, I find that self-deprecating humor works pretty well as well. If maybe you're you, kind of like we touched earlier, if you're rolling really well and you can tell your opponent's kind of getting um, upset about that uh you can kind of make fun of yourself a little bit make fun of your dice maybe you can offer to switch out your dice um say these ones are doing a little too hot uh yeah i think i think it's it's important to kind of recognize how to de-escalate uh, a situation um and then if you can't de-escalate it on your own that's exactly what the to is there for yes so um Moving on to dice, since we're talking about dice. Have any of you guys ever played against a player and thought their dice were wrong? Something about them? Not the dice, but I have had opponents tell me, could you please roll them in this designated area? Which I had no problem with. You know, that Mm might have been my fault Mm -hmm. for not making it easier for them to see. And generally, I like to do the rolls very close to them so they can see it. Because I generally think that's... This way you know I'm off the table. Like I used to play D&D with a group of people and we had one player, they would constantly be rolling the dice and wait for like a good roll, right? And I always told people this story. I get, actually, I might not have told Dakota, but I'm telling him now. They would roll and wait for a favorable dice roll so that their character would succeed in whatever they're doing. And sure, that could be fine, you know, whatever. It's a game we're all playing the same thing. But it was just one of those like, man, this is kind of showing your character as a person. If you're cheating in a game where we're all kind of working together, you know, like what, what does that say? I do that in Baldur's Gate, but I'm playing by myself. Yeah, you're by, whatever. You can play, (laughs) dude, Tony Hawk, I'm using cheat codes on Tony Hawk, whatever. It's my game, right? But when it's like a group of people, like, what are you, what are you saying to them? Like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm fine with, with cheating even when it's not this, you know? Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. Or taking that D20 and just rolling it just a tad bit more. That too. Yeah, just a few. Because that's what they would do. They'd roll it till they got something they liked. And they go, that's my roll. Right? And it was just one of those like annoying things. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I've I've dealt with this on a couple occasions where somebody thinks that my dice were too hot or their dice were too hot. And uh, typically I'm just like, hey, man, I'm going to use your dice. You know, and if they say no, then it's like, OK, then we can both use my dice. And if they say no, then we can call it to you. Yep. Um, you know, or when my dice were rolling really, really well and I'm like, hey, man, do you want to use my dice? And they're like, yeah, I'll use your dice. And they roll like all ones. And it's like, hey, that was the emperor. You know, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the emperor protects me, not you. Remember that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so like, or if I'm playing Eldar, I'll usually say like, well, Eldred told me to say that he knew you were going to roll all ones. So sorry, you know, um, but, uh, it's the might of the craft world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like, um, that's just a, a tip for anyone out there. If you feel like you're, you're, you're like, cause like socially, it's really hard to be like, man, this guy's just rolling so good, man, this is happening to me. Like that's one of the main, one of the other main things that I get as a TO is people are super upset by either running out of time or they blame their opponent's dice. They're like, they're rolling so good. And then I'm like, then use their dice. It's that easy. <laughs> if you think that they're loaded or you think they're busted, use their dice. Uh, and if they're busted, then they're busted for both players. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. 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 And that I feel like should dissuade a lot of and negative feelings because this game is all this, this podcast has also turned into a way to dissuade negative feelings rather than just sportsmanship. Cause that is what sportsmanship is, is how do we make other players have a good time? Yes. I just knocked over my, my uh, plastic bottle um, <laughs> by gesturing so wide. Um, yeah. So do you guys have any other tips or tricks about how to, um, make your other than humor, other than gifts, other than, you know, (laughs) jokes, um, you know, or, or, or explaining the gotchas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I find telling people are usually asking them like, is there anything you'd like me to explain? Or would you like me to give you a brief rundown of everything here to mm-hmm. let them kind of know that you could trust me. I'm not going to cheat you here. You know, this is everything we're using. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything on all the cards on the table. You can see everything. You know, that's my whole plan. And hopefully they will reciprocate the actions I do and will do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good point, G, is, is um, if you come into a game super cocky, a lot of times the other person's going to be the exact same way back. Or if you come into a game and you're very arrogant or you're very, um, you know, any, in, in any other way, like if you, however you come into the game, whatever energy you bring in, a lot of times your opponent is just going to reflect that right back to you. So it's good yes. to come in at least open and, and with that in mind, that's a good, that's a great, great tip. G. Very good tip. Yeah, I think if oftentimes, and you can have something where your opponent is maybe projecting that energy into you, and you can kind of flip the script on them almost, and uh, start to kind of cut loose, have a little more fun. Maybe you experiment and try something that you didn't try before in previous rounds, uh, and your opponent can then sometimes tell that you're kind of here to, to have fun, to have a good time, and they then start to play along with you a little, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Like one of, one of the main, um, 
negatives that I received about my play at Nova was that uh, some people, some of the people that I played thought that I was like overly arrogant or overly cocky uh, when I was playing. And that's, and then halfway through the game, right? I put them on edge halfway through the game. They realize it's just that I know vet guards super, super well. So I know exactly where I'm going to put them and where I'm going to place them and what I'm going to do with those models rather than me being like arrogant or cocky. Cause I mean, you know, sometimes I have been, you know, I'm, I have my moments of being arrogant or cocky, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it is something that I actively try to curb on occasion. Um, but yeah, I think that one of the other things is, is, is witnessing or knowing what your faults are as a player or as a human and actively trying to work against those faults or those things. Um, knowing that sometimes, you know, sometimes bad sportsmanship is that you are just a mat. You're just a rug and you let people walk on you. Right. Like sometimes, you know, that, and sometimes to be a better person for the game is to not let somebody treat you as a doormat. Right. Like sometimes you have to stick up for yourself. Yes. You know, um, sometimes, you know, especially if somebody comes in with a really dominant personality. Right. So like not letting someone do that and letting them, you know, do whatever they want is, is, is just as important for you as it is for them to make sure that you both have a good experience. Sometimes like for me, uh, coming in maybe too cocky or too arrogant, right. Uh, during certain matchups, you know, um, can be something that I, I know that sometimes I'll have to work on, you know, at, at least not project that t- towards my opponent, even if I am feeling confident or, or, um, maybe it's just my manner, right. It's just like kind of knowing that kind of thing about you, knowing what your faults are and trying to, to fix those faults before you uh, project that to your opponent is, is what is a tip that I will, I will say. Um, one of the things that I think is also super important about sportsmanship is that as kill team is growing, cause it is growing, it's growing quite a lot. Uh, it's really important to maintain sportsmanship because we don't want to get the same, um, stereotype of 40 K <laughs> right. Um, you found that funny, Aiden, do you want to share? No, I, no, I just, uh, I, I just liked the, uh, the image there. I think that is a good, a good thing to keep in mind of being, you know, as the game gets bigger, more people are going to come play the game. And I was relatively new to this game recently and it was a very welcoming community. All the events I went to, mm-hmm. uh, it was one, piece of sportsmanship I really appreciate um, is when I'm playing against someone who's much better than me, which happens a lot. Uh, it's very, <laughs> it's very nice when after the game I can ask, Hey, do you have any tips? And they can give me some genuine feedback that isn't just, Oh man, you did not play this particularly well, but just give some actual good feedback. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. you misplayed this operative or, you know, this operative is better doing X, Y, and Z, or maybe, you shouldn't ever take uh, the oh man, it's the the dark light weapon uh, mm. that the, the, the Drukari have the dark lance, yeah, because it's sick, but it's not. It doesn't do a ton in a lot of games, um, <laughs> which is unfortunate because I love it. It's like the most absurd looking gun, um, but yeah, it's it's really good to get actual feedback. So if if you're a super uh, like a very good player and you play on a very high level it could be very welcoming to new players to get actual like points of feedback. Mm-hmm. And some players don't want any feedback. They just, want some to, don't, 
Yeah. So just be be aware, you know, uh, if somebody does or if somebody doesn't, you can always ask, be like, hey, do you mm-hmm. want any feedback? No, I'm good. All right, cool. Um, or yeah, cool. You know? Um, but yeah, we want to make sure that we don't get the same, like at squad games events, we really push sports, sportsmanship because ultimately you had great times at our events. That means you're probably going to come back to more, right? Um, and ultimately, if we want Kill Team to continue to grow, we don't want to get those negative experiences um, from players because we all really like this game. So we all want this game to continue growing. So that all means that we need to be continue to be kind and nice to each other because it doesn't always happen where everyone is kind and nice. Right. Um, and that is still a part of the game. That is a part of competitive is like, you should know going in that not everyone is going to be nice. You might have a one in, in, you know, 25 chance that you might get somebody who's not, super nice and the, the 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 main thing is is to to realize be like hey not all of my not everything is going to be like that not every interaction is going to happen like that so let's just move on to the next round and try to put that person behind me and you know forget about it turn yeah. the other cheek some might say there you go yeah. that's important yeah it's it what one one game out of four you know, still, mm-hmm. you, if you, that. yeah, if that, if it's one, yeah, if you're playing four games on like just a one day tournament, but if it's like a seven day or seven game, two day tournament, it's one out of seven games. And then you can be like, well, that's fine. I'll just have a good time with the rest of my games. It's no worries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about sportsmanship before we start uh, talking about uh, either other stuff or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, giving our shout outs? I think we we th- we got it pretty good. Cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll give a couple shout outs, and I want to talk about hobby because Aiden is a hobby madman. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't 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 say okay. Don't try to be. Don't try to be so modest. <laughs> modest. Okay, Mister. I printed too many three D printed things. I'm going to paint them all to a really nice degree and give them away of tokens and gifts. <laughs> I, I I remember because. Um, we had to grade his painting and I was saying like, um, I think this is one of the best painted things here this weekend. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, that was so active, cool. actively blushing right now. You have to stop. <laughs> it was, it was between you and Jonathan, uh, Marquis. He had a wonderful Geller pox. Oh um, man. The, uh, that the was a sick. Di- he had the and lights pockets. and everything. Yeah. Oh, that mm-hmm. was so sick. That was a hard Huge one. Huge shout out. Yeah. And all we even had to get a guest, uh, commission guest painter, judge. yeah, guest yeah. judge, really, who, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. who just to help us break Sweet. the tie. Sweet, yeah, and it's specifically because like Jonathan's a uh, Geller pox, Geller juice, um, Beetlejuice themed Geller pox were so impressive with the display and everything yeah. like that. It came, it ended up coming down to uh, how many, how much more technique was put in. So, uh, yeah, it that was a. It was super close, but uh, it was a well-deserved win. But we'll get to that in a second. Firstly, I want to shout out a few things. Firstly, Lester's Workshop is having a really big Black Friday sale. Um, If you go to lustersworkshop.com and you click on the shop, you can see everything that's on sale. Uh, We have um, an essentials kit that we've never offered before. So it comes with like a six inch by one inch gauge. It comes with three acrylic barriers and a three inch by two inch 
Um, it's like a different type of measuring tool. We have uh, some pre-order mats that no one's ever seen before, um, which are pretty cool that we should be getting delivered in January. And we'll start shipping those out or giving them to people at LVO. The first time my terrain has ever been on sale. Uh, and there's like $75 off the Necromachina and the um, Repentant Outpost. And then we also have two custom squad games colors that uh, they're fluorescent orange and fluorescent green. And those are also on sale for half off what I normally charge. Um, so if you guys are interested in picking up any of our stuff, um, you know, make sure you pick them up because they will be gone on uh, November 25th, the day after Black Friday ends. So go ahead and pick those up. Uh, and then finally, my last shout out would be to, um, I have a family member who wrote a book. Uh, if any of you guys are avid book readers or I don't think it's on tape yet, but, um, my wife's sister, Katie has written a book. Her pen name is KP Lee and she wrote a book called alone. If any of you guys want to, um, uh, check that out. Uh, I'm sure that her family would be immensely grateful as, um, you know, my wife really enjoyed the book. So, um, those are my, those are my shout outs for this week. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Mr. Aiden, do you have any shout outs you want to do? Um, I'll, I'll give a shout out, I guess, to my, my three, uh, people I play kill team with the most. I'll give it out to Andrew and, uh, Connor and Elijah. Love you boys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out to, to them. Shout to the out boys. to the boys. <laughs> to the boys. <laughs> to the goons more accurately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll do, I'll go with my shout outs real quick. I'll do my whole, my whole thing. First, first I want to thank Mr. Alex. Um, this weekend he, he and I played 40 K together and what do we have at the game store we went to? Justinian was there. So what? Yeah. What so game we, store? Uh, why didn't you tell me <laughs> I was in Texas and you didn't tell me. Yeah. You were in Texas. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? Bastard. Send you a message. <laughs> <laughs> so the much for sportsmanship. A, a red, a red alert. You can, uh, you can text Alex right now. What game store? Uh, Odyssey. Okay. never mind. Yeah. They have, they have a uh, hella, 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 Justine right now. Mm, good for them. Um, and anyway, so we, we gambled <laughs> and uh, I, I told them ahead of time, like I'm only looking for the captain. That's it. I collect Primaris captains and that captain happens to be a Primaris one, even though they don't call it that anymore in 40 K it still is a Primaris captain. And he was cool enough that when he pulled it, he traded it with the one that I got. So I want to shout that out for Alex. Yep. What a fucking G what a fucking pro man. You know, there you go. Sportsmanship on, <laughs> On that day, we love Alex, <laughs> uh, and he loves your he loves the um, the vulture you gave him. He still uses <gasps> it to this day. For oh decades. hell yeah! All right, sick. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't forget. <laughs> I've seen him use it multiple times now. <laughs> very good. I'm very sure good. in every single Inquisition game he's used it. Yep. that I know. Of. <laughs> that's that's his favorite thing to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now to go on to the rest of the shoutouts. Um, we are affiliated with FLG, so if you're in the market for new box sets, secondhand models, or attending one of their events, like LVO, such as, like the LVO coming up, which we will have links in the description to use our affiliate link. 
which gives us a kickback here and helps us do more things in terms of content for you and for future events. Then we'd also like to shout out Goblin's Hut. So if you're looking to step up any of your hobby game or want to get some cool effects for any of the models you're working on, check out their website. I recommend the Dirty Down. It's a really cool effect. Uh, then you can use our code SQUAD10 at checkout. That's SQUAD10, S-Q-U-A-D-1-0 at checkout. Gives us a little bit of a kickback. And lastly, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much for supporting us and what we do. And if you're considering uh, becoming a patron, we have links in the description. And regardless, even if you're just listening, we really appreciate it. And if you're looking for me, I'm on Instagram at wargaming underscore studios. Again, that's wargaming underscore studios on Instagram. Or you can just join the Discord at the Squad Games Discord. And uh, you can talk to us there. We're usually pretty active and the community's pretty active too. That's that's my that's my bit. Yeah, so you know that was uh that was this episode. Well, we're not done yet. Yeah, we're not, but I just wanted to say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um Aiden uh hobby track on Luster's Workshop. I don't know if you follow it at all. Lustersworkshop.com. It's this awesome website that has a bunch of kill team stuff on it. A great black products, yes. Yeah, it What's has a great podcast on there called the, the Squad Games Podcast. We yeah, should listen, listen to that to for sure. Weekly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's also uh, the Hobby Track, which is fully updated. And uh, you currently, my friend, are at four points behind first place in second. Wow. Oh my I didn't God. even know that. I, holy cow, that's crazy. You were in first until the um, the West Coast Championships and James Robinson passed you, but you have two uh, lower got- scores that can be replaced with higher scores. So you still oh. have plenty of room to to grow, my friend. Um, and Dang. I think those two lower scores were from when you didn't have a. Um, I think they were from the your San Diego events when I don't think you had. Uh, display bases. I didn't judge those events. That would make sense. Yeah. So, uh, LVO should be pretty big for you, my friend. Uh, and if you go to any other, I think, uh, the Mary, um, Mary mayhem up in, I don't know if you're going to go to that me and GR, but it's an extra three hour drive for you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mary mayhem up in like Sacramento. We're going to go to that. I think that's going to have it. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, you're right there. Real close to the top, brother. That's gonna be exciting. Crazy. That actually yeah. that's nuts. I didn't even know that. Dang. Yeah. Holy and if cow. you scroll if you scroll down on that hobby track page, um, you'll see a manual won the year before, and you can see how big that trophy is compared to him. Um oh my God. And then uh I think um FLG also donated a giant thing of uh airbrush paint from the army painter for the winner. So Hopefully we can get um, another big thing of paint for the winter as well. But you're pretty close, so I'm glad you're going to LVO because that's probably where it's going to be decided. If anyone out there wants to do hobby track, uh, please talk to your local TOs and have them reach out to me. Uh, We're actively making it an easier system to input everything. Um, But uh, it's quite a fun thing uh, to do, and we're trying to get as many people involved so that we can prove to Games Workshop that... Um, you know, 
uh, we deserve hobby track on the ITC website, not just on lustersworkshop.com. Um, I think we currently are at 126 people participating out of, I think last year we had 101 and we haven't even done LVO yet. So, uh, it's quite exciting to say the least. Let's rank those numbers up people. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now, yeah. And all this year we have way more, way more points and more people actively participating in the hobby track than we did last year. But, um, what made you decide to do like hobby bases and stuff? Cause you're, you're an excellent planner, Aiden. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate that. Um, that is a good question. I, a few, let's see, a few years ago, I, uh, really tried to step up my painting game. I run a, a, a it's technically a Pathfinder campaign, but basically a D and D campaign online. Uh-huh. And I decided because I, I'm the GM. So I decided I wanted to paint up, uh, like I've always loved converting up miniatures. So I wanted to convert up and paint all of the bosses that my players face in that campaign and then mail them out to them as trophies um, mm. for when they, when they like deal the finishing blow on a boss or whoever like does the best in the fight, they can all vote and see who, who gets the trophy. And I was like, how well, many people are trying to join your campaigns now? <laughs> you just told your secret. Uh, Everyone's no. going to be, blasting you on the on the squad games this one hey dude let me know when you're running the next campaign you know? <laughs> yeah well, that's that's what i i've tried to do and i was like well if i'm gonna hand these out like i i have to i was like i i can't just hand out like a, a model that i'm not super proud of so i really tried to step up my painting game um and it's just uh for i've always been a, a very big fan of hobby like the the hobby bases or like an army base where everything slots in perfectly um mm-hmm. There's just something that just looks very satisfying to me about that. Uh, so it's like, well, it's some something I'll give a shot with, um, especially if I have like an an image in mind, um, and it looks good. It's a great way to store your models with little magnets in them, um, have them like locked locked into the base, uh, and it's a fun exercise too to try and get the bases to match the area that's around them. So for L- LVO, I'm making a a Hearthkin salvagers team right now that are their chaos dwarves. So I've sculpted all the stupid hats that these guys have on them <laughs> and like old, uh, like old Warhammer fantasy. Uh, so I'm making like a, uh, like underground mine shaft style base for that, which should be pretty cool. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just fun to see them all slot into place. I think that's honestly the best I could say about it. it just looks cool. It absolutely does look cool. I'm 100% in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> so do you typically go with like epic basing and using their 3D printed stuff or do you sculpt custom elements on bases or like what's your typical go-to? Um, it's a bit of it's a bit of both. I have a kind of older Anycubic Photon Mono that's like three mm-hmm. or four years old uh, and that thing is a workhorse. I have... I have ruined that thing and gotten so much <laughs> resin stuff all over it, but it still gets the job done. Uh, and I, I, Epic Basing, I really like. They have a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but I also, uh, I guess if, if I give a shout out, the uh, a creator I really like is, uh, he's just, I think it's just one guy. His name is uh, Imitation of Life Miniatures. And mm. he's like a little little boutique uh, STL file like shop. Um, but he comes out with some great, uh, he has some great like wasteland style bases. And I tend to lean on those pretty heavily, uh, cause they're little like base toppers and stuff and they fit really well. 
on any any size of base. And then the rest of it, I either sculpt out of plastic hard or uh, air dry clay. Uh, with air dry clay, though, it can get pretty heavy, so you have to put like tin foil or in the middle. It can crack too, yeah, if it's too big. Um, so I usually fill it with tin foil and then use a lot of water and a thin layer on the outside. Otherwise, like you're going to be carrying around, you know, five pounds of air dry clay and you're going to drop that and it's going to shatter. Uh, yeah. and it's going to, it's going to absolutely ruin your day. Yeah. I use sculpt mold a lot. Ooh. Um, and sometimes, uh, plaster of, uh, plaster of Paris in, in those yeah. rock molds from, from scenic space, uh, scenics, woodland scenics. Mm-hmm. Um, for little cliff ledges and that sort of stuff. I also really like the, what's that grass called? Um, I'm trying to remember the name of this website. Gamers grass, gamers. Oh, gamers. Oh, gamers grass. grass Oh, those guys are great. Yeah. Those are, those are fantastic. The little tufts are lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, gamers grass I use quite a lot of too uh, hashtag not sponsored uh, hashtag wish <laughs> um, no I really like their laser plants as well I use them for a uh, Necron commission that I did recently and they came out really really nice because they, the Necrons were like trudging through the jungle oh, anything that sick. wasn't Necron yeah anything that wasn't Necron metal was like super corroded and rusted um but yeah, their their laser plants are super super nice. You do have to put a little bit of paint along the edges because obviously they're 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 paper paper. Mm-hmm. But um, and also gluing them together is a, a bit of a pain in the ass. But they fucking work. <laughs> they work wonderfully. So, um, yeah, big big fan of of uh, gamers grass as well. Uh, G, do you have any like? Cause you're also an amazing painter. I don't think oh, that uh, yeah. enough people tell you that enough G. Um, your yeah, casterkins are almost done, right? They're half done, which mm. just means I have to decide to actually paint during the week to do it. Um, <laughs> I will get it done. Cause that's, uh, that's, you know, Ben, Ben already, you know, he's there at the end. We got until, we got until, uh, I think it was January. We saw Ben. Yeah. Ben's already got it. It's freaking Ben Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta at least be done with that. I, if yeah. I can't do that by the end of like January, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> if I can't paint five models by that time, you know, yeah, you, you got a month and a half. G. I have seen you paint really fast, and I've also seen you paint very slow, insanely slow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, in terms of like, um, what you you want? Tips, right? What do you want? What do you need? Well, what, hobby what, stuff. Yeah, what hobby stuff do you look at? Like when you're doing basing or or um, like, what is the thing that you're, you're kind of like go to? Ooh. Um, regardless of what people say, I use that GW technical paint a lot as okay. like a lot of starting points. Um, I love using my little sponge, uh, not sponges, my spatulas that I have for painting to, to move it around nicely. And um, a big thing for mine was using the Green Stuff World, their leaf punch out. I would get okay, yeah. petrified leaves and I would uh, cure them in like a type of, um, um, what's this stuff called? Uh, PVA mixed with some water to get them like, kind of like a coating over them and you could punch them out, you know? And so this mm-hmm. way they, they could survive. Oh man, and I, that's uh, sick. 
Yeah, and and the the only thing is they're a little bit bigger leaves than I'd like for the scale. But when you kind of put them in a pile, you don't really notice. That's that's one I really like doing, and I like taking twigs from trees, cleaning them, making sure they're dry and clean. It's important to do that, and also coating them in PVA, um, so that way they can they don't deteriorate. And using that as like little logs and stuff that you cut up, uh, that's pretty cool. And um, gamers grass, gamers grass has some cool colors. Like when I did some legion stuff for people, they'd want like the purple blue stuff, and um, that's where I got to experiment with that. And it's really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, for leaves and stuff, I typically use like brown, the brown natural coffee filters. Mm-hmm. Uh, punch it out with the little geek gaming scenic stuff. And uh, then I'll use like um, contrast and paint the leaves like red or, you know, what I assume to be is red. You know, if bow red is actually red, then it's, you know, or blood angels <laughs> red is actually red, then I guess they'd be red. Um, are you, are you colorblind too? Yes. Oh my God. So, me, uh, me so what too, color are Cool too. Ranch Doritos? Oh is? yeah. You're fucking colorblind. Oh, 100%. Too, like, absolutely. <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> We're going to settle this shit right now. Hold on. Hold on. Are you ready, G? Are you ready, G? Yeah, watch go- this. Watch Google, this. Google Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah. Cool Ranch Doritos. All right. They got to be blue. They got to be me blue. What, tell me what colors you is see it, on the chip. It, Oh, the chip? Yeah, yeah. tell me what color the you see on the chip. The chip itself? Yeah, yeah. Like, take never. a close look. Oh, gee, I've never thought about this in my entire life. This is gonna. This is hurting me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull it up too. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna find one. I'm gonna send it to you guys. Oh. That way. That all right, way. this is going to Discord. Right, this is unbelievable. Let's all look at it. All, all right, right, here Drew we go. A good one. Not not a bad one. I'm gonna. Okay. I have to, I have gee, to you have this. to tell me if this is. You have to audit this or not. Uh, All right, can you see the in the Discord? You, even oh, I can't see this. Hold on, let I, me find one. Let me find I one. I got it. I see it. All right, this one. Oh, boy. One. G is going to... I'm going to gonna get you another one because I, even I can't see that one. Okay. All right. All right. In in the picture you sent me, it looks like you just sent me regular chips or something. <laughs> <laughs> me? The one I sent you? Yeah, it looks like regular yeah, chips. I will be well, Maybe you're colorblind. Oh, oh, okay. G, maybe you're colorblind. No, I'm not because I'm looking at the one that has the colors. Uh, this It looks Christmassy. This one is coated the hell in Oh, that. that is a zesty chip. <laughs> yeah, that, is a, that chip looks delicious. Now, oh, my, my mouth is Aiden. watering. Okay, okay. The question to you, my friend, is... Is there any green or red sparkles things on this chip? Or is it just all like salt and pepper looking stuff? I'm going to be 100 with you. Uh, the chip itself is orange, but I I am seeing a little bit of green in there. Ooh. And I, I am very red-green colorblind, so I could be very wrong on that. So what G claims, and I've, I've talked to my other color, colorblind friend, Ronnie, um, there is no red and there is no green. It is just strictly you black pepper. Me. There's no green There's no on this way. chip whatsoever. This can't be real. What? Look at it. Yeah. They say, these, these no. motherfuckers say there are red and green color flakes on this all over. Like fucking Christmas. Now here's the other one. You saw Captain Marvel, right? The original movie, Captain I Marvel? I did see the original mm-hmm. Captain Marvel movie. Yes, it's been okay. a little bit. Okay. What color was her suit? Do you, like her original Ooh. suit before she became Captain Marvel. Do you remember? Her original suit before she became Captain yeah. Marvel. Captain um, Marvel. Let's see if I can Google that. 
I'm going to see if I can pull it up. Let's see. Okay, um, here, 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 here. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's going in. Okay, it's going in. All right. This is incom- this, one- this is incomprehensible. I couldn't tell you what color this is. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. What? Yeah. I couldn't. It's like uh, I couldn't possibly tell you. So it's- what they say, I can see a tad bit of green on her chest, okay? And yeah. this in this particular photo. Okay. Apparently, this is green as fuck. No. Okay? <laughs> There's yeah. no way. It's way it's more green. No, it's fuck. not. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's like it's like a steel gray color, okay? Dude, I walked into Ronnie's. I rocked uh, so Ronnie like had a gun, wedding. It's like gun weekend. metal. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent gun metal. <laughs> I walked into Ronnie's um bathroom today. Uh like when I so so I went to Texas this weekend and had a great time in Texas. Ronnie got married. Um I walked in and I looked at his walls and I see his wife is fucking with him, fucking with him hard. Cause I'm like, these are gray. I guarantee you they're not gray. So I asked my wife, I was like, Hey, what color is, why do you like the color so much in her bathroom? Saya? She's like, Oh, it's mauve. I was like, no, it's like a, it's a horrible gray. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible gray color. And then apparently I can't see mauve either. Right. It's my most hated the color in, in the universe. Mauve. Mauve is like a, it's like a gray piece of oh, shit. Um, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I, I can't, I can't see purple. So I'm out. That was right. done. I was done. I looked so, it up and said, it's a pale purple. I'm out. It's a pale purple. The fuck? That's what they said. No. Is it not? What? No, that, that, that should be correct. It's what? Google says a pale purple color. This does not look pale purple. This is me. fucking wild. I thought oh, it was this pale. isn't pale purple. This is In- gray. Yeah. Can you, read, can you read these images? One of them I feel like you could read. Could you read these images I just sent? Oh, screen? no. I can read one. I says, I hate being colorblind. That one's easy. That one's easy. I want to see the other one. one. That one. Second one, nothing. There's absolutely nothing in it. <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I it feel is like just a bunch of dots. <laughs> I, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. So I walk into his, his other room and I see another gray wall and I was like, I bet you this is in gray, gray. And I was like, what color is that? So she's like, it's green. I was like, Ronnie, did you, are you aware that you have a green and a pink and apparently it's fucking purple um, wall in your house? And he was like, no. <laughs> uh. And he was like, that's gray and that's gray. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> oh um, man. Yeah. Uh, you will get made fun of because of this. this um, I have been oh, made fun I already, of. <laughs> I already do fact, get made fun of. Yeah, uh, that we can't see red and green flakes <laughs> on Cool Ranch Dorito chips. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you that we have. I have found my third, my third G, and the three people all agree on one thing. That just means it's. I mean, that's how Flat Earth was created, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like, it's okay to be wrong. You know, with sportsmanship. I, mean, I, I, I think you're, you're outnumbered, G. You've been overruled. You have been overruled, G. I have. I don't have oh. any non-colorblind people here to defend me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you can, and listeners can't really help. <laughs> I mean, they can recorded. be shouting at the top of their lungs. Good. Um, but I will never hear them unless if they get on the Discord and tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> Please do so. Link in description. Good yeah. God. Uh, Dakota, do you only buy paints that say the color on it because that's what i do if so, it's like you know like nurgle's blessing i don't know what that is i'm not gonna so, buy the paint um i will if it's in a recipe so i watch a Ooh. lot of painting videos 
I watch a lot of painting videos and there's like specific colors that I can see really well or specific like variations. Mm -hmm. Like uh, P3 makes two really good greens, Izonian green and Necrototic green. Yeah, those are both great. Those are both amazing. And they look great, at least to me, next to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the hardest part is when your commission painter, like as a commission painter, they're like, hey, I want a green camo cloak and I want his armor to be pink. And I'm like, okay, what the fucking what? This happened recently. I'm like, what? Green looks good with this pink. I have no idea. So I had to like do like every green that I owned and do splotch tests and then send pictures to my wife and pictures to Giacomo. And then when I painted it, I painted it with the wrong greens. Oh no! <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> I remember I to, that. Yeah, and I, I sent pictures, and they're like, "Yo, did you use the right greens?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then they're like, "No, you didn't," because <laughs> I used the Cabalite stuff instead of like the Dark Angel stuff. And then I had to repaint the fucking camo cloak. And I Ugh. swear to God, I swear it was a nightmare. Um, because it's like, all right. I know like my three greens, you know, like these Mm -hmm. are the things that I'm going to paint green. These are the things that I'm going to paint red. I don't deviate much in this general area because I used to paint, I used to paint uh, my Eldar with uh, brown, like scrag brown shoulder pads. And then I would highlight the edges with, um, with like a blood red and then like an orange. Mm -hmm. And to me that turned it red. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and then, like, everyone was like, why did you paint a brown shoulder pad with red highlights? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? How do you know what's brown? <laughs> I've and- been in the same boat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, and I didn't know that I was colorblind until I was in college. So, like, my teacher was like, why can't you mix skin color? Like, this is super easy from primaries. And I was like, I don't know, because, like, I painted my girlfriend and she was just violet. And I was like, I can't get the right combination of colors. I don't, I'm not allowed to use white. So how do I make skin color? This seemingly impossible. And she's like, oh, I think you're colorblind. Go see a doctor. Yeah. That's good stuff. Did. I did. Um, what is your biggest colorblind moment other than like traffic lights? I know what's what on the track. Oh, I can man. see the I can see the colors of a traffic light. Yeah, I can see, I can see the colors of the traffic light. Um, yeah. Biggest colorblind moment. I mean, Anyone who who knows me knows that I the colors are really not my strong suit. Um, I can't see purple; uh, mm-hmm. just like Ooh. doesn't does not exist. Which is which is a shame because I like a lot of colors that are purple adjacent, and I like mixing purple into things because it can change uh, a color in a good way. Um, but I remember in I think it was my junior year of high school, I just got destroyed by my art teacher uh, because I painted um we're painting like a car or something like that and i painted the wheels like a dark purple uh not knowing that it was a dark purple because i just grabbed the bottle and was like yeah this has to be black for the wheels and i highlighted him up with the dark purple and he was like dude what the hell are you doing this is this is so bad like this is horrible this is wrong it's the wrong color and i was like oh sorry i'm i'm colorblind like i i fully thought this was black and he was like no that's not how it works black isn't a color it's a shade you can't get it wrong. And I was like, but I, I did get it wrong. Clearly, I just got it wrong. <laughs> I would say I, 
I think I think back on that uh, a lot, and it makes it makes me really second guess what my black paint is at all times. So I only own the one black paint, what so black that I know which use? one it is. I use, and this might be a little heretical. I use Deco Art Americana Craft Black Paint. Oh, it's got a nice matte finish, and it's dirt cheap, um, and it mixes really well. And I've never. I've never had any complaints, and I know it's my black paint because it's the only one in an enormous Michael's Craft <laughs> Store bottle that sits not at the same place as the rest of my paints. <laughs> Gee, do you have a favorite black? Um, no, I'm a little boring. I'll use I'll use uh, a Baden and black, and I'll use uh, Vallejo black. Mm. I also like Vallejo black, and uh, I really like the contrast blacks. So, oh yeah, yeah black I do like black contrast paint. Uh, the army, yeah. the army painter speed paint black is also really nice. I like. It that. doesn't reactivate. Sometimes it reactivates. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Uh, but I usually give it a, a, a just a a matte varnish afterwards mm. if I'm if I'm worried about it reactivating. But sometimes the reactivating can be good if you then like mix a little like paler paint into it. You can kind of get some free highlights. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not bad. Um, a lot of reds, when I go into the red spectrum, I'll use, I've, I've recently found a couple, uh, P3 reds that I like mm-hmm. my favorite red of all time is Kador red from P3. Oh, that's a, such a good color. It is a strong red. Yeah. And I paint with a lot of primary colors and because that's what I can see. Right. So like when a lot of <laughs> people too. are like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, why are they so vibrant? It's like. Oh, because I fucking suck. I don't know. Uh, I'm colorblind. I have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, G, do you have any particularly like reds that you like for colorblind folks out there? For colorblind folks? <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't recommend a red for colorblind folks. How about yourself? Uh, Normal for, people. For myself, the reds I like to use. Um, Wild Rider Red. I like Wild oh, Rider Red a lot. Classic. It's a good color. So Wild Rider fades into some of the other reds from mm-hmm. GW for me. Like I can sometimes tell the difference, but sometimes it gets too close to the other GW reds. I like Mephiston. Mephiston's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, the only thing is I'm not good about maintaining that pot, so I'm constantly cleaning it to get uh, the rims off. Mm-hmm. How about gold? What is your favorite gold? Oh, that's easy. Retributor armor. Yeah, same. Easiest, about, it's, it's easiest awesome retributor color. armor of my life. Easy. Yeah, hell yeah. It's, 100%. it's so much fun to paint with. We're the Retributor boys. Oh, yeah. Like you mix, it, you mix it with a little bit of like Stormhost silver to get it kind of like the this Stormhost silver. Silver, yeah. Yes. Like this pale, this pale gold color. And like then you can control the level of highlights with it too by adding mm-hmm. more and even a, bit, a little bit of white. You get pretty much all the kind of gold you need with just those two paints and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Easy. some Reichland flesh shade. If you want to make it darker, yeah. Mm hmm. Sometimes uh, another, I'll, I'll glaze a brown like on the underside of a like a panel or of a trim if it's gold, uh, mm-hmm. the retributor armor, and it takes a glaze really well too. Looks really nice. Another another tip that looked really good. I don't know if it is actually a thing. Uh, somebody told me to undercoat my retributor armor with um, Dark Angel's green, mm. and it's supposed to add a really. It's supposed to make your gold look a lot older. Um, well, I can and see I, that, and I'm not yeah. sure if that's the case. It definitely changes the appearance of Retributor armor to me, because Retributor armor is very much more of a warm gold than than the not, and then the green undertone. I assume since I did go to college and I 
did go to art classes that it it somehow um, nullifies the the cool and the the warm highlights to it to make it more of a neutral aged look i guess i'm not sure i just know it looks kind of cool when i do it if it looks real i don't know like i mean <laughs> i had i had to repaint avatar like seven times and every time that i, that I repainted avatar be- <laughs> this is all before i knew i was colorblind um now every time i painted the red i was like dude i can't see any fucking highlights like i don't know i don't know what's going on here it was awful and then i found out i was colorblind i was like oh so i just because avatar of Kane has like darker red, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's a lot harder. It's, it's fucking difficult. It's that type Avatar of color of, really oh. blends into other similar shades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with the modeled background of it. Like it's, it's not a flat surface. So like mm-hmm. sometimes the light can play differently and it's like, unless if somebody like Juan Hidalgo comes out with like an amazing, uh, even his, even his, his Juan Hidalgo's, uh, art thing on how he painted the avatar of Kane. I've tried to follow it and still like me painting that same red is extremely difficult. Mm. Mm. All problems. Giacomo doesn't have to deal with. Yep. Man. Damn. It feels good to have regular normal. <laughs> <eyes. laughs> Straight for the throat on that one. I told you, you know, I'm not winning. I'm not winning uh, sportsmanship here. <laughs> Man. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I think we'll round it out here, fellas. Thanks for jumping on today, talking so long. I appreciate you both, you know. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks for coming on. You oh, deserved it, man. You, my pleasure. You've, you're such a good sport. Um, I'm glad to have you on, you know, celebrate ce- celebrate your uh, your accomplishment, brother. And colorblindness. Yeah, yeah, we'll color celebrate blindness. that too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next time, everyone. Catch you later. Peace. The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lestersworkshop.com slash squad dash games.